Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hayden, even the most optimistic of Bengals fans probably capped their season's potential at, I don't know, earning a playoff spot. And now that team, the Cincinnati Bengals, are just one game away from being crowned NFL champions. Two quick years of roster building, and here we are. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, figure out the rest later. I'll throw in Trey Hendrickson as well. We'll get all those players involved. No, it was a quick Sam year. Hubbard, Samaj yeah. P. Ryan. We have a whole bunch of names that we are going to hit on today. Yes, the 10 plays from the AFC Championship that sent the Bengals to the freaking Super Bowl. And we have to start it off actually on the Chiefs end because Hayden, that offense started out on fire. An 11-play, 84-yard touchdown drive for them. The running game, the running backs were a huge part of that early rushing success. Six of 10 first-half runs gained at least seven yards. We talked about it prior to this game. It was a huge, clear strength that the Chiefs had in this game. Yeah, but the tricky part is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes do not want to run the ball. It's less fun. They are so efficient passing the ball so that every single time that they were running the ball, the Bengals were probably feeling like, okay, at least it's not a first down. Um, but because they were playing too high, and most of these clips that we're showing you are too high, they were super light in the box. They're obviously doing that to take away the big play that's been the storyline this entire season. But in the second half, when we'll eventually get there, when they were kept dropping eight, the the Chiefs just didn't really run the ball enough. Like I think that nope. is a fair criticism. It's very rare that we can say that, but I think that we had the defensive scheme and the uh, play success early in the game that they probably should have kept going back to this. Yeah, I mean, this is a 14-yarder by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who barely got a touch in the first quarter. 10 carries for 60 yards between the two backs in the first half. Only eight carries for 41 yards there in the second half. And I think you outlined this. Again, the Chiefs' offensive line all season long has been one of the best run-blocking units in the league. The Cincinnati front, while you know Jaren Reed's very good, the rest, questionable, at least against the run. But leaning into that, which it really hasn't been your identity for years and years and years, can be so difficult. And the short drives, when once we got there in the third and fourth quarters, it just could have used, it could have used these sustained plays of four, of six, of seven yards, because to me, it was there all game long, all game yep. long. And different types of runs, too. It wasn't the same run they were using with 12 personnel and having success, 11 personnel. It was all working. So, yeah, I think that was one of the first mistakes by the Chiefs, especially in the second half. So after that touchdown, the Bengals settle for a field goal on their next drive. The Chiefs offense is back at it, posting a seven play, 75 yard drive capped by this. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey pass one that shows Mahomes' trademark escapability and creativity, but also one that he tries to recreate multiple times in the second half and the Bengals eventually and ultimately adjusted perfectly. Yeah. Mahomes kind of plays 
like a three-point shooter in the NBA where you want him to take the shots when he's on fire, and usually he is on fire, but since he plays this super high-volatile quarterback role, there's going to be some times where the 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 plays just become negative. So this was one of the positive ones. He kept trying to do this in the second half and having uh, a little less success, and there was obviously schematic reasons uh, why that was the case. From almost the exact same spot, too, that there's a little bit of foreshadowing from the four or five yard line. I want people who are watching to pay attention to that once he does choose to elongate this play, that he drifts to the left side, moves then over to the right side, which I think ultimately he knows that that's the position he wants to throw it from. But that quick move to the left hopefully forces the defense to overcompensate to one side. And then he works against the grain to find, obviously, these receivers these pass catchers in the end zone you know just outrunning defensive backs in that area of the field again it, Patrick Holmes has done this throughout his entire career he did it early on in this game but some of the defensive changes the adjustments are going to completely shut this down and frustrate him from having you know those patented plays that could have been the difference in the win-loss column ultimately I think that was a, the last positive play we had for the Chiefs in this video <laughs> So stay tuned, Bengals fans. So we see another five-play drive by the Bengals after that. Another perfectly executed eight-play touchdown drive by the Kansas City Chiefs, bringing us to 21-3, to just five minutes left in the second quarter. So here we go. On second and 12, following a failed first down run, the most unlikeliest of sources gives a little spark, some juice to this Bengals offense. A 41 yard touchdown from freaking Samaje Pira. So a couple of interesting fantasy notes. They did not use Chris Evans at all on offense this game after he had um, a blown pass protection issue where he should have been turning his head on a hot route. So Samaje Piran played some of the third downs on this one is a very basic screen. And the difference here was this missed tackle by Ward. And then he barely outran the rest of it. But this was just the chiefs tackling, which has been a, an issue for a lot of the season. Um, and we thought that was just going to be fixed during the playoffs. That was not the case. And this one sprung free uh, to get really like the momentum, if you believe in that, uh, going for the Bengals. Yeah, we saw CJ Uzoma leave at one point during this game. Obviously, his backup tight end fills in. I can't remember another scenario where they have the running back and tight end flanked on either side of Joe Burrow. Also can't remember another scenario where basically 4-8-3 Samaje P. Ryan is able just to weave through a defense that has been known to give up some big plays earlier on this season, but it's full of NFL caliber athletes. But really, I mean, it's so easy to look back in so many moments of this game and say this was the difference between a win or a loss. But again, second and 12 with just about five minutes left. And here we are, a 41-yarder, again, from one of the unlikeliest of sources. So. Yeah, we'll talk about scheme, but a lot of the time in the NFL, it's did you tackle? And this was a no in the open field. It was a no. Uh, okay, now things get spicy. Hayden, everyone knows that this game was flipped on its head with about 105 to go in five plays. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs get down to the one yard line, nine seconds left in the half. Well, they also get the ball to start the second quarter, because I think that's like a, a really important detail we have to keep in mind here. Like at worst, you're thinking one or two plays with nine seconds to go. It's you know, one play or, or two quick throws and you get a field goal, right? But Patrick Mahomes with a comfortable 11 point lead here, short circuits. Yeah, the first play, it looks like it's going to be 
a uh, out route to Tyreek Hill where there's going to have a little bit of a pick. But this was the Bengals defense, in particular their secondary, playing really high-level football. They passed this off perfectly, and Mahomes is looking to throw this ball out to Tyreek Hill. But the outside corner just takes care of it, and there's nowhere to throw the ball to. So that's why Patrick Mahomes throws the ball away. He ends up having five seconds left, and that's where the debate is. Do you bring the field goal unit out, or do you run the next play? But if you are running the next play, it's got to be one read and done. And I think that Andy Reid deserves some criticism on the next play here, the third down. There's a couple things I don't really like. First of all, you're going to 12 personnel. You have a running back in the backfield. You're most likely not going to run the ball here uh, because there's just not going to be enough time if he doesn't get it. Um, You're also the Kansas City Chiefs. The second part is is the initial route. It looks like it's like a Demarcus Robinson slant route that's kind of being the first read here. He didn't even get off the press. He didn't. He couldn't beat it, and that's that's been his mo for this entire time. And the other part is this is actually like a little uh, zone read play action look, which takes some time off the clock as well. So the ult- they ultimately try to get the ball out to Tyreek Hill for a one on one, which usually works. But this secondary was playing outside out of their mind and made a one on one tackle. But I think that this wasn't necessarily Patrick Mahomes fault. I thought the play, like just the play design in general took up too much time. There was no situation, uh, situational awareness, um, something that's been plaguing uh, Andy Reid's postseason career. A few more details here. Obviously you get Patrick Mahomes in motion, arguably the fastest wide receiver in the league. He's facing off one-on-one against Eli Apple, who has him in man coverage. We know that because he's trying to track him across the formation So at worst, and again, I truly watched this play a hundred times. I don't know like the true identity of it, the true plan of it, first of all. Maybe that's my small brain, but I'm trying to figure it out here on the fly. Then at worst, as we say, and the outlet gets there, it's Tyreek Hill four yards deep in the backfield, four yards deep at the flat five-yard line. And what, and hopefully everyone that's tuning in on YouTube can see this, what Eli Apple had to do to cover far more ground to get to the point of where Tyreek Hill is catching this ball, he has to work on top of all the trash, close in the same exact way, try to keep outside contained in the hopes of Trey Hendrickson cleaning things up on the inside. And it's a perfect tackle to stop him again at the two-yard line. Eli Apple has been a first-round pick, cut, cut from his second team, took a stray in the Sean Payton you know, exit press conference, and here he is making plays in the AFC Championship. Yeah, this play kind of summarized the Bengals secondary. Awesome game, great game plan. And then I think some of the Chiefs play calling where it was either abandoning the run, this play, some of the play designs later in the game uh, that basically turned the second half into a huge Chiefs Chiefs blowout. So let's take a little pause here because even in that moment, it's 21 to 10. Again, you thought at least you get a field goal out of that you know you're getting the ball at the start of the second half. This offense just dominated that Cincinnati Bengals defense for the entire first half. They put up 311 total yards. But it just doesn't seem as easy as it was in the first half to here we get in the second half. In fact, things start to unravel specifically here on third down, Hayden. So in the first half, Patrick Mahomes had like a 98 QBR elite performance. They It looked like the game was basically over. Um, I'm sure Oltakes Exposed had quite the day after the first half. But in the second half, it was just like uncharacteristic 
just inaccurate plays. The first one that we're showing here, it's a bad snap, and Patrick Mahomes tries to throw this ball to Travis Kelsey, but his, I mean, his feet just kind of go all over the place and it's misses him. He's got, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Um, but it was just super uncharacteristic. The next one was another one where he was really trying to lead, um, a crossing route and he just missed him. And Patrick Mahomes usually hits these, but, um, it was just two mistimed throws on third downs and they ended up hunting. Yep. Yep. These are clean pockets. Again, as we talked about in the first half, they had, an 11 play drive, a seven play drive, an eight play drive, and then a seven play drive. And here we go to start the second half. It's that third and six that he misses to end a five play drive. Then another third and six to Byron Pringle that he misses to end a, a five play drive. So again, every single first half was sustained offensive success. And the second you start off with punt and punt and then get to a damn interception. Where Patrick Mahomes went and this offense went, like you hear about second half adjustments all the time. Truly, I don't know like how real they are when we just talk about regular season games versus playoff games. But what Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo did, he changed the game with his second half adjustment. And at the core of it, like dropping eight into coverage and, and only rushing three. To me, when I look at it, this prevented easier completions to Travis Kelsey. It prevented those easy completions to Jarek McKinnon, which they were taking easy checkdowns. And then Sam Hubbard often acting as a, as a spy, like it just confused what Patrick Mahomes thought he saw and knew from the first half. And then what he received in the second half, this type of coverage takes some of the weaknesses from Patrick Mahomes game where he kind of bails out of the pocket, looks to create maybe some, a little too much at times. And he was sensing pressure when there was not going to be pressure there. And then he would bail out of the pocket. And by that time, uh, he couldn't throw the ball downfield because they were playing too high at safeties over the top. But instead of being that fourth uh, pass rusher, it's that spy. And then a lot of these times, right when Patrick Mahomes bails out of the pocket, here comes Hubbard or Hendrickson uh, closing the gap. And then you have a bad throw. But this was not just like this game. Like This has been a kind of a little bit of a blueprint. Now, the sample, sample sizes here are very small. But going into this game, Patrick Mahomes against uh three or fewer pass rushers he's faced that type of coverage the most time of any quarterback in the nfl mm. this year out of the 33 qualifiers he's 25th in total epa 25th in success rate and 32nd in pressure rate when he's gets these type of coverages he's uh only one quarterback has more pressure against it and it's just because he's kind of not un he's pretty much unconfident of where he's going to throw the ball to here. So this was a, a statistical advantage going into the game. And then obviously when you had these two edge rushers that were able to close the gap afterwards, it just kept working over and over again. And it eventually uh, ended up in an interception in the, in the next couple plays here. Yeah. And you know, just to my eye, it looked like they started using this at the end of the first half on that two minute drive that the chiefs had. Like if we can galaxy brain this a little bit, you outlined how Mahomes had faced this more than any other. It's still not like a large number. Like it didn't get to the point this year where two high shells covered two looks, however you want to phrase them, took over the league at points. And it took weeks and weeks and weeks for the Chiefs to be patient and figure things out and work through their offenses in those instances. The drop eight kind of adds another layer on top of that because not only is it preventing the big play deep, it's also then being able to attack the crossers 
or attack Mahomes when he does escape the pocket. And so it's like the best of both worlds, but so funny to me because so often, and people watching this or listening to this know, like whenever your team runs just a three-man pass rush at home, the other team converts a third and 17, a third and 22, and you just get so frustrated at your defensive coordinator. Now it was genius. It worked perfectly after halftime. Yeah, I think this was the type of looks where we were complaining about them not running the ball. Is This is the type of looks where you could have ran them Had out to. of this, and they just didn't do it. Going back to the sample size, 85 dropbacks going into this game. So that's enough of a sample, I think, to kind of be like, hey, there's something to this. I mean, when Patrick Mahomes is 25th in success rate out of 33 quarterbacks, it's worth investigating and game planning using that. And there's a, just enough of a sample size. Like the next quarterbacks is like, Tom Brady got uh, saw a lot of this. And then like after that, like the next group of quarterbacks, like in the None. 40s and 50s. So mm. he's seeing it like twice the rate of even like the third and fourth quarterbacks. So I've got a little feeling that next year we're going to see this. And this might be the new cover two thing that we're going to have to pay attention to. It also forces targets to those peripheral pieces more often than not to the Byron Pringles, to the Demarcus Robinsons of the world versus, you know, the mesh patterns to Tyreek or or to. Travis Kelsey. Okay, I've, I've seen this on Twitter in the couple days since the game. Galaxy Brain thought for you again. Were the Bengals defense playing a bit of rope-a-dope in the first half and then only showing this really in the second half? So the Chiefs offense didn't have the same halftime 15 minutes to adjust to this. That is galaxy braining at its finest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're saving the elite defense just for two quarters and not. We only are going to be train. down 21 yeah. to 10 at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not giving anybody that much credit. Come on. <laughs> okay. So we saw some struggles against the drop eight and we mentioned the Patrick Mahomes uh, interception. So 21 to 13 Mahomes is pressing. He forces this throw to DeMarcus Robinson. Sorry, D-Rob. I mean, you're catching some strays here on this show, but it certainly okay. felt like every single time that Mahomes was looking to you, and we'll get to that overtime as well. Bad things happened. Uh, this was supposed to be a quick throw, but it's intercepted here by defensive tackle B.J. Hill. And this was a drop eight variation. You see Trey Hendrickson who's initially on the line of scrimmage, drop out, get into the passing lane. And at the top, they actually sent a fourth blitzer or a fourth pass rusher off the blitz. Patrick, Mano Patrick Mahomes sees that guy coming. So he knows he doesn't have enough time. But instead of throwing this ball away, he tries to throw it. The defensive tackle picks it off. Even if the defensive tackle doesn't pick this off, I think Trey Hendrickson would have got there. So this oh, was yeah. a wrinkle of the drop eight stuff where the, that defensive end is all of a sudden getting into throwing lanes on some of these quick outs and this was a third and three. So they were only trying to get a couple yards here. Yeah. This is a half interception for BJ Hill and a half interception for Trey Hendrickson. It was a perfect defensive call. Like you mentioned, we do believe Mahomes probably recognized an extra person from for the sure. opposite side and then knew he had to get rid of this because he had no blockers on an extra blocker on that side, but just forcing this into two. And if anyone is more likely to catch this, it's 91, it's Hendrickson. But what a play by a role player in B.J. Hill, because all the role players really stepped up here for the Bengals as, as we go along. Um, okay. So because of the interception, still down 21 to 13, it's a short field for the Cincinnati Bengals. Here we go. Second and goal from the two-yard line. A condensed field basically forces a one-on-one -on -one for Jamar Chase on the outside against Rashad Fenton. 
And in this scenario, Hayden, we've seen a lot this year. We know exactly where Joe Burrow is looking to go to on two straight plays. Yeah, he didn't get these looks too often, but the first one was a play action, and that was just too late developing. And the second time, they say, screw the play action. Let's just throw this up uh, right away. And that's where Jamar Chase can use some of his power. And like this guy like, pushes off basically more than any other wide receiver. And they got it to him earlier where he's actually able to push off initially instead of having to wait so long on the first one. So the, obviously, he makes a great play. Um, jump ball, another touchdown for uh, Jamar Chase. And then like even the next play, they get a similar look and have a little variation off of that. So you're seeing like a very clear advantage that the Bengals are uh, noticing. And then they're just trying to find little wrinkles until they finally get the success. This is maybe too much of a detail that I'm reading into here. Um, but look at where he lines up for the first snap. Obviously, the ball's in the left hash. He is outside the left number here. So there's you know not as much room to work with on an outside sideline fade for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. When you see the second snap, he's basically on top of of the numbers here. So he's giving him like a little, a little bit more room. But I think the play action, as you're talking about, is even more important. We know like the mind meld that these two players have at all points of the field, but especially here. And I know people hate the goal line fade, but where the accuracy and the timing of years and years and years of these two players working together, it, uh, it works so perfectly here. I know you also want to talk about the two point conversion because big game, Trent Taylor talk about role players shows up here as well. They get a two person stack with Trent and Jamar chase on the left side. As we know, chase just scored the touchdown and he's the one who draws all the attention here. Yeah, rightfully so. And talking about the first touchdown uh, that was stopped on the initial Mahomes goal line drive where they banjoed that off, passed it off, that does not happen here. It's poor communication. They were also playing the game of fine Daniel Sorensen, and he was wide open here. This was wide My on white crime <laughs> right next to the goal line to, uh, to tie this up. I think this was to get to 21-21, right? It was. It was. Yeah. So here we are. At the start of the fourth quarter, after again, big Trent, big game, Trent Taylor gets the two-point conversion. Start of the fourth quarter, 21-21. Chiefs go three and out. Joe Burrow then gifts an interception on an outside breaking route. Don't worry, Cincinnati. We won't bring that one up. Uh, and then the Bengals, in a big spot, force the Chiefs actually four yards backwards on that. They go three and out, and the Bengals get the ball back. We've talked this entire video long about huge defensive adjustments about the Samaj P Ryan and Jamar chase, you know, touchdowns. But to me, the entire game, the entire game boils down to Joe Burrow's ability to avoid sacks in the second half of this game, the questionable, unquestionable weakness of the Bengals. This entire season has been their offensive line. It has dictated, we talked about this a lot this year, how they played in certain games because of Zach Taylor not trusting that unit. Burrow was sacked once every four pressures during the regular season. In this game alone, 16 pressures in the AFC Championship, just one sack Joe Burrow allowed. Yeah, it's it was the difference. I didn't think that the Bengals' offense looked all that great in this game. The biggest plays were Joe Burrow creating time throwing that one uh, deep ball to Jamar Chase and then scrambling for key first downs. If you watch some of these clips and you're looking at the Chiefs sideline, their coaches are throwing papers on the ground. Uh, and this was a classic. Uh, Jackson, Carmen, this is pretty interesting. The Bengals offensive line, 
They started the right guard. He was doing so bad. They brought in the guy that they just drafted, Jackson Carmen, 79, who absolutely whiffs right here. They've awesome. seen enough after him, and they bring back in the first starter, who also then had a couple of missed assignments too. So this is not an issue that's going to go away. The difference, though, is that Joe Burrow has been able to handle it, and he is clearly fully ready to go coming off the knee injury. He looked totally mobile in this game. Yeah, you, you outlined this. Chris Jones was owning his one-on-ones here. Now, if we want to nitpick with the Chiefs a little bit, they lack some some responsibility in their in their pass rush lanes. As you can see here, Melvin Ingram and Chris Jones are basically filling the same lane, which opens up this entire path. Now, I don't know, 95 times out of 100 with all these Chris Jones pressures, they turn into sacks, probably. But here, the 5%, they, they did not. This one was just, again, a great play by Joe Burrow to get out of that grasp and continue on. Eli Manning-esque in the Super Bowl. This second one is unbelievable because Chris Jones has him Twice. The first one, obviously, up top after, as you said, owning, owning the right guard. Tries to tackle him high, escapes, then goes for the ankles, low, low, high step from Joe Burrow. 59 pressures Joe Burrow faced in three playoff games so far. And he's still here, and he's still doing this in in the AFC Championship. Aaron Donald next week. Yep, I know. I know, like that's such a, but part of me, Hayden, <laughs> like what we just saw, and we're going to talk about this a lot in our preview show. We both pointed out, oh, look what Melvin Ingram did in the second round of the playoffs. Look what he's going to do to the right tackle, the right guard with Chris Jones and everyone else. And they won. They won over and over and it didn't, and it didn't matter. Like you had to close the deal. I say all the time, disruption is production, but like in this game, it was not production. And these Third downs that Joe Burrow created by himself. Again, there's multiple chapters that we can say if this play didn't happen, if this play didn't happen, if this play didn't happen. I am certain if Burrow doesn't escape these sacks, they do not win this game. Yeah, totally agree there. Okay. So six minutes to go. Bengals now up because of a field goal drive after one of those evaded sacks. 24 to 21. The Chiefs drive all the way down. First and goal from the five-yard line with a minute and 30 left. And just like at the end of the first half, in the second half, things start to get weird, like like really weird. Um, it's like the Chiefs are in a self-imposed no-man's land here. I don't know if you were listening to the commentary, but Tony Romo is calling for the running back to get a handoff and go down at the one-yard line so the Bengals don't have enough time on the clock to go and score a touchdown or a field goal of their own. But that's working under the assumption that like a touchdown is in the bag here for the Kansas City Chiefs. And with how the Bengals played this, that assumption was way, way off. Yeah, the first one, he looked, he's trying to go outside. Nothing is developing and he takes a sack, but he gets at least back up, up the field. The second one I thought was more crucial. I thought that he might have some guys op- over the middle, but the difference here was this was another drop eight where you have, I think that's Chris Hubbard in the middle of the field, kind of clogging some of the lanes. And then as he was doing for a lot of the game is once he, once Patrick Mahomes turns into a helicopter in the pocket, here he comes downhill to kind of finish the job. So a really bad sack. He should not have been uh, falling that much backwards. That really put the kicker in a much worse spot um, to even tie this game. But really this was just the classic 
blueprint of the entire second half, uh, dropping eight, and there's just way too many defenders out there. And I think that if you're looking at personnel-wise, if you're looking at the Chiefs wide receivers, who's that contested catch, throw-it-up guy when you're in these scenarios? It's all a bunch of guys that weigh 180 pounds. So I think next year we're looking at the draft. Go uh, first-round p- prospects, sort by height and weight, and then start circling those names for for the Chiefs. Shout out to Sam Hubbard. You can see him if you're watching us on YouTube in the middle of the field. He basically converges on Patrick Mahomes as if he's a punt returner. Again, this is a 270-pound edge rusher being asked to play in space, something he probably wasn't asked to do many times this season. And how he sticks with him, how he adjusts to small movements, that's picture perfect. That's textbook stuff. He did it multiple times in this game, and it it was it was absolutely the difference. Yeah, part of me thinks Galaxy Brain thoughts this game certainly opens the pathway to do that. If on the sideline, Patrick Holmes is instructed to like, hey, no matter what, don't stop the clock, and this is why in his head maybe the reaction was to take sacks because like if you stop the clock. At worst, the Bengals could potentially have, you know, like a minute left or 50 seconds left. I don't know. Just a thought just to because Mahomes is such a great player. This all seems so uncharacteristic to him. Well, he didn't really have that many places to throw the ball. I think like him working backwards, I think it was like the biggest criticism. But even just like uh, out of the end zone. Yeah, for sure. But the problem is like the we the plays before this when he was scrambling around, he kept scrambling and then going diving out of bounds. And I think those were the ones that were like the clock uh, stoppers. Um, but yeah, I think this was just, they didn't have the right personnel and then the Bengals just had the right game plan. So credit to them. So now we head to overtime after Harrison Butker hits his field goal. Kansas city wins the toss. They get the ball. They open with two targets to Demarcus Robinson. And then the third play is this unreal snap by the two safeties, Jesse Bates with the tip and Von Bell with the interception. So they have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey as the, the two primary reads here. Patrick Mahomes, I think, has Travis Kelsey uh, coming across towards the sideline here. He instead tries to pump fake it and then uh, goes a little bit deeper to Tyreek Hill. Obviously, a more difficult throw. But the real key here is um, once Tyreek Hill goes vertical, the guy uh, initially defending him passes him off. Yep. He drops down. And then it's the two safeties responsibilities. And uh, it was just a great play by both of them, Jesse Bates, to get over there and then to to uh, finish off with the interception. But I think that this probably should have gone to Travis Kelsey. But once again, a lot of guys back there flooding uh, those areas. And he was obviously very um, frustrated after not having not being able to move the ball uh, for the previous 30 minutes. So it was third and 10. So I don't think this interception ultimately mattered all that much. If this goes incomplete, they punt it. It's like a 15 yard difference in field possession. But I think this was just a good uh, play to kind of show what the Bengals secondary, how yeah. well coached they are, how smart um, all of those players are. We talked earlier about them passing off near the goal line, sticking with him on these extended plays, Sam Hubbard closing space on a quarterback uh, who is very creative. And then it's all capped off here on their final defensive play with the slot corner, I believe that's Mike Hilton passing it off to the safety who's sitting in zone at that point. Mike Hilton sits in that zone. Von Bell then has to flip his hips, continue on with the underneath coverage of Tyreek Hill because he knows Jesse Bates over the top has overtop coverage. 
gets the pass deflection right in the lap of Von Bell. And yes, as you pointed out, after this is when the Bengals take over and ultimately drive it down when their offense is clicking for a field goal for Evan McPherson. Yeah, once they got that, it was this key T. Higgins in-breaking route. He had a great game. I think there's a lot of coverage reasons why that was the case, especially like these type of throws. And then Joe Mixon uh, ran the ball about five straight times for huge uh, chunk gains. So, yeah, this was just a beautiful uh, defensive game plan to me. I think that was the the two big differences was the defensive game plan for the Bengals and then Joe Burrow breaking those uh, sacks for first downs because there wasn't that much offensive movement in general for the Bengals, um, but uh, just a, a couple enough plays. And then obviously the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed uh, meltdown against the drop eight. Yeah. This is a third and one that we'll close with, with Joe Mixon just being able to, and look, there's just one wide receiver out there, plenty of extra tight ends and it's just crashing down the left side and Joe Mixon firing it up the middle. I actually want to rewind back to that second and what 10 play that T Higgins had, because we've talked about all the other role players on this team. And then T Higgins is one with over a hundred yards and look right at the catch point. Cornerbacks left arm is draped all over T Higgins. Yet a contested catch player, a tough catch player is able to come down and convert here for again, another pivotal one. And that's what I think of like, with this Bengals team, again, who's made it to the Super Bowl, is in just a short amount of time, they've had some really high draft picks for sure. But like in their you know, franchise history, they don't go out and spend a whole bunch of money in free agency. Not many people probably wanted to be on a one or enough or zero win team and then a four win team. And now you get to this point. So they had to go out and not get cast off per se, but role players from other teams and elevate them. And how many names have we just mentioned who totally elevated not just their performance individually, but like their side of the ball on defense and offense as well. The rope dub worked in the second half on both sides of the ball. And it's, it's just so cool to see it get done. So cool. Yep. And then Joe cool. I'm sure they're going to get a lot more free agents moving forward now. <laughs> That's a promise. I'm, I'm sure they are. Okay. If you enjoyed this video, we would truly appreciate you liking and subscribing to this channel. We will almost certainly do one of these with the Los Angeles Rams as well. We'll have plenty of content ahead of Super Bowl 56. All of you watching, appreciate you listening, appreciate you liking and subscribing. Up the Vela, everyone. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.